Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Revelation, chapter 20. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. I'm a bumper sticker guy. I, I like to read bumper stickers, and when I'm driving on the road, I, uh, I like, bumper stickers tell you a lot about people. They tell you a lot about, it, it's interesting, after each service today, uh, people came to me and told me like all the really weird bumper stickers that they've seen, and, um, and this week I saw, I saw two bumper stickers that uh, just was pretty amazing to me. One of them said, I intend to live forever. So far, so good. And then the other one said, what happens if you get scared half to death twice? I thought, I don't know. (laughs) Never happened. And as a pastor, I got to tell you that I am pretty amazed at how people prepare for life, but they fail to prepare for death. As a matter of fact, death is something that people are uncomfortable with and would rather not think about or talk about. And yet, the interesting thing is that the absolute truth is death is certain. The absolute truth is the Bible, the Word of God, is for sure and absolute, and so is death. The Bible is very clear. Every person is going to spend eternity in one of two places, heaven or hell. We are all going to die someday. You know, we talk about eternal life. And when we talk about eternal life, we talk about eternal life in the context of eternal life in heaven, eternal life with God in heaven. Well, that's one aspect of eternal life. But listen, everyone has eternal life. Everyone has, everyone's going to die. Everyone has eternal life. Some will have eternal life in heaven with Jesus Christ. And some will have eternal life in hell with Satan, the false prophet, demons, and all those who don't believe in Jesus. Sad but true. We're all going to die someday. I was reading an article at the gym, you know, when you're on the bike and the bike's right next to you and, you know, you got the magazine on the bike and People Magazine was there. So I pick up People Magazine and there's this article on Michael J. Fox. And he's the guy who, you know, is star of stage, screen and television, you know. And a long time ago, he played in that one sitcom, um... I try to get it right. It was family matters. Ties. I get it wrong every service. Family matters is Urkel, right? Okay. 
I don't think Michael would appreciate me saying, you know, he's Urkel. And family ties. And, and he was uh, the Back to the Future series of movies. And Michael J. Fox currently has Parkinson's disease, as many of you know. And he said this in his article. I found it interesting. He said this. He said, I realize that I am vulnerable. I realize that no matter how many awards I have been given or what my bank account is, I could be messed with like that. The end of the story is we all die. Well, that's true. I would have to agree, yes, we all die. But may I suggest the issue isn't the fact of whether we are all going to die or not. But I think the issue is what happens after we die? What happens after we die? Where will you spend eternity? It's a sobering question that I think we all need to ask and then answer. Where will we spend eternity? Everyone has eternal life in heaven or in hell. Now here in chapter 20, chapter 20 gives us some insights into both these options. How we can be sure where we're going to spend eternity and how we're going to spend it. Enjoying eternity or suffering through it. Now, you guys know I love outlines, and if you do too, chapter 20 outlines really neatly into four sections. Two of them we talked about last week. In verses 1 through 3 in chapter 20, we see Satan is bound for a thousand years. In verses 4 through 6, we gain some insight into the millennial reign of Christ. In verses 7 through 10, Satan is released for a short time to deceive the nations. And we're going to talk about that this morning. Why is he released? And then in verses 11 through 15, we have the account of the great white throne judgment. Fascinating. I think you will find it fascinating. And we talk, we'll talk about who's being judged and why. Who's being judged and why. So, Revelation chapter 20 Saints, beginning in verse 7, if you're there, would you say a hearty amen? amen? Now, when the thousand years have expired, Satan, the devil, the serpent of old, Satan, will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations, which are in the four corners of the earth. Would you underline that in your Bibles? Gog and Magog. To gather them together to battle whose number is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city, Jerusalem. And fire came down from God out of heaven. And this battle was the shortest in history. Over, devoured them. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. And they will be tormented day and night for a short period of time. Is that what it says? No. They will be deceived, tormented for how long? Forever and ever. Now notice, stop right there. Give me your attention. Notice Satan is released. Now you recall chapter 19. If you were here, I know you do. Chapter 19, we've seen Jesus coming back in his second coming. And, and I love chapter 19 because he's coming back riding on a white horse and, and we Christians are in tow. 
We are following behind. We come back with him. And when he comes back, the Antichrist and the false prophet are thrown in the lake of fire that is burning with brimstone. And then in chapter 20, one powerful angel, he takes one hand and he grabs a hold of the devil. And then he takes another hand and he takes a a great chain and he wraps it around the devil and he violently, forcibly pushes him, puts him in the bottomless pit, the abuso. And Satan is bound there for 1,000 years. And for 1,000 years, Jesus will rule and reign in righteousness. It's a utopia. It is heaven on earth for 1,000 years. Which brings us to verse 7. When the 1,000 years are completed... The lid to the abuso is taken off and Satan is let out of the bottomless pit, notice, to go out and deceive the nations. The nations. Well, who are they? If you're taking notes, as a matter of fact, write this down and look it up in your own time. We don't have time to go over it this morning. Ezekiel chapter 38 and Ezekiel chapter 39 speaks of Gog and Magog. And many scholars, many good scholars believe that Gog and Magog speak of Russia and possibly the former Soviet Islamic republics. And Russia is being destroyed on the hills of Israel by the Lord. Gog and Magog, Russia. Now, is that is what being talked about here in chapter 20? I don't think so. I I don't think so, and here's why. Ezekiel 38 and 39, when you do your homework, you will see, is talking about the armies, and they are coming from the north. Now, we know from our text that this army isn't coming from the north. Look at verse 8. This army is coming from where? From the four corners of the earth. So it is believed that Gog and Magog of Revelation 20, this is of Gog and Magog of of Ezekiel and Revelation 20 are different battles, different battles. So then what's going on here? Well, Gog and Magog is being used here in Revelation chapter 20 figuratively, or it's an expression Like if someone had a problem, if you had a problem or you had a situation or you had a decisive decision to make about a particular battle in your life, you might say something like, this is my Waterloo. And we've all used that or said that at some time in the past. Now, you might remember, of course you do, because you were all listening in high school, weren't you? Yes. Some of y'all going, no. Well, I'll tell you. Waterloo was the place that the British general Arthur Wellesley, the first Duke of Wellington, defeated who? Napoleon. Now, when we use the expression Waterloo, it doesn't mean that we physically went and fought a battle at Waterloo, which is now Belgium. That's a figurative expression. Waterloo was such a huge historical event that people still say Waterloo, meaning a decisive battle that took place and the course of history is being changed. That's what people mean. 
And likewise here, Gog and Magog is being used figuratively. In other words, Satan is loosed. There will be a monumental, decisive battle of rebellion that will take place. And when Satan is loosed, he will go out and deceive the nations. Now, who are the nations? Well, we talked about that also last week. There will be people, as you know, who have made it through the tribulation. Some will make it through the tribulation. And they will make it into that 1,000 years of perfect peace on earth. Now, let me just say that 1,000 years of perfect peace on earth means 1,000 years of perfect peace on earth. Not 999, not 1,001. I believe it's a literal 1,000 years. Remember, we talked about when you study the scriptures in the book of Revelation, you want to take what is being said literally unless it is obviously something figuratively. So 1,000 years means 1,000 years. And it is during that 1,000 years people have made it through the tribulation. Listen, and during the 1,000 years of perfect peace on the earth, those people who made it through the tribulation are going to begin to repopulate. People are going to have kids. And parents are going to have grandkids. And then great-grandkids. And then great-great-great-grandkids. And then great-great-great-great-great-grandkids. And then, you guessed it, great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandkids. And there's going to be a lot of people on the earth during the thousand years reigning of Jesus Christ. And during those thousand years of all the people who have been born, remember the angel bound Satan for a thousand years. So Satan has never influenced the lives of many, many, many people. Thus, many children were born in this perfect utopia, heaven on earth environment, and they have never been given an opportunity to make a choice whether to accept Christ or reject Christ. And so God allows, uses Satan for that very end to give mankind who is living on the earth during the thousand years an opportunity to receive him or reject him. You see, we think that Satan is one bad dude. We think Satan is like Charles in charge. He's the man. And people spend time praying to him and people spend time rebuking him and people spend time afraid of him when in fact Satan has never run anything. He never has, listen, and he never will. God is always in control, amen? God is in control of Satan. See, we think Satan's out of control. No, 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 no. God is in control. And God uses Satan to accomplish his purpose, to give people on the earth an opportunity to follow the Lord or rebel against him. Now, this absolutely blows my mind. Somehow, Satan will be able to persuade a great number of people, according to our text, to rebel against the Lord. Remember, it's a thousand years of perfect peace. Why? Because the king of peace, the prince 
of peace is reigning on the throne. It is a time of plenty, a time of prosperity, a time of peace upon the earth. God has never done anything bad to anyone. He's only been good because God is always good and he was good during those thousand years and yet people in their hearts still rebel against him. What's up with that? Now, doesn't that fly in the face of what modern psychology would tell us? Oh, they tell us that, you know, the reason people are bad is because of their environment. This is what they tell us. I was reading just recently this psychologist guy. He said, people can turn out bad because of bad potty training. Come on, dude. Give me a break, man. Bad potty training, people turn into serial killers. What's up with that? And then he says, you know, it's bad potty training that can cause deep psychological dysfunction. The fact is, the human heart is wicked and depraved in its very depth of its nature. That's the fact. The fact is what Jeremiah said in Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 is true. It was true then when he wrote it and it is true today. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's the problem. And just like they cried out in Jerusalem that day, we will not have this man, speaking of Jesus, to rule over us. The same cry will be heard. During the millennial reign of Jesus. Now, you say to me, Rodney, why would God allow this to happen? Why? Well, I think the answer is simple. God is love. And love demands choice. God is love and love demands a choice. I mean, think about it for a second. Think about it. If I ask my wife, Elvira, to marry me, but there was no other man on the earth, okay, well, sure, no problem, of course. Not unless she really hated me and said, I would marry you if you're the last man on the earth. <laughs> but let's just say, she says, sure, of course, you hunk a hunk a guy. Why y'all laughing? <laughs> now, if I ask my wife Elvira to marry me and Denzel Washington asked her at the same time to marry him, well, now I got to kill Denzel. I got, the man got to go. He's just got to go. I mean, I don't know what to say. Got to kill the man, that's all. So, you know, it's Rodney and Denzel. Rodney and Denzel, Rodney and Denzel, Denzel. <laughs> Why? Now there's choice. You go to Baskin Robbins, 31 flavors, they tell you. And you go to Baskin Robbins, you go, hey, hi, I'm here for 31 flavors. And they say, well, um, here you are, sir. Uh, uh, we have chocolate ice cream. 
um, wait a minute. Um, I thought I was in 31 flavors. No, sir. I'm, chocolate ice cream is one flavor. You have chocolate. And I, well, wait a minute now. That, that's not a choice. I mean, there's just chocolate. Don't misunderstand me. I absolutely love chocolate ice cream with chocolate chips. But there's only chocolate ice cream? Is that that's all you have? Is that it? Well, yes, sir. I'm sorry. Take it or leave it. There's chocolate ice cream. Well, um, excuse me, lady. That's not a choice. I don't have a choice. I either have chocolate ice cream or nothing. But then I come back and they've got vanilla. And then I come in and I say, well, well, now I have a choice. You see, God allows Satan to be released from the pit so that God can know that we love him by giving us a choice to love him. Oh, the same thing was in the garden. Don't make a mistake. God says, hey, Adam, Eve, have at it. You got the whole garden. Just go for it. But the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the tree of life, don't touch that. See, God had to give him a choice. And the only way for God to know that you love him, the only way for God to know that you in your heart sincerely choose to love and to serve him, there has to be that choice. And so God uses Satan to, to, to give us that counterbalance, to give those people that balance. If there's no alternative, then, then love is in question. Love is in question. So God is using Satan. Now, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 tells us that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You see, if a man or a woman says, I don't want God in my life, I will be my own God, I will be the captain of my own ship, then God will not, listen, God will not force his love on you because that's not love, that's rape. And God will never be guilty of raping anyone. Every man must exercise this gift of choice and choose to follow him. And God says, if you don't want me and I am light, then you are choosing darkness. That's why I say to you today that God does not send people to hell. People choose to go to hell. God has never sent anyone to hell. Hell was not created for people. Hell was created for Satan, the devil, and his angels. But people know God sent Jesus to Calvary's cross. And he bled on Calvary's tree that you might escape hell. Someone once said, he took your hell that you might have his heaven. Jesus died, amen. Jesus died that we wouldn't have to go to hell. So if anyone does go to hell, they have to do it over his body. 
They have to want to go to hell. God doesn't send anyone to hell. And then notice, notice, if you will, this rebellious group led by Satan went up on the mountain in verse 9, came around the beloved city of Jerusalem where Jesus is ruling and reigning and fire comes down and devours them. And the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire, Gehenna, with the beast and the false prophet. And they are tormented Forever and ever and ever. Now, understand something. Understand something. Hell and the lake of fire are two different locations. Hell will be cast into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the final destination of Satan, the false prophet, demons, and all of those who refuse to accept Jesus Christ they will be cast into the lake of fire. Hell and lake of fire are two totally different things. Now, now let me just say here, I realize that, that the subject of hell is not politically correct. It's not PC to talk about hell. I mean, when's the last time you heard a sermon? Dear congregants, today we're going to talk about hell. It's not all, it doesn't make you... Feel good. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1 800 293 0923. That's 1 800 293-0923 or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the media library on our website at cccarry.org We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.